0: This is Vermont Credit Unions On Air, a service of the Association of Vermont Credit Unions. I'm Joe Bergeron, president at the association, and with me is Gene Guyard, president and CEO of Vermont Federal Credit Union, a $690 million institution of about 43,000 members. For our purposes today, however, Gene is the newest board member of our association, having been elected just over a little, a week, maybe two weeks ago. Congratulations on your election, Gene, and welcome to our podcast,
1: Thank you very much, Joe. I'm delighted to be here.
0: We're excited to have the ability to uh, to meet with you, if only virtually here. Um, but we want to share some information with our listeners about who is Gene Guyard and maybe a little bit about from a Federal Credit Union that they're not familiar with and so on and so forth. So how about we start at the beginning? And uh, if you don't mind, uh, can you share a little bit about your background which which I think was uh, accounting or at least counting related as I recall
1: I went to University of Vermont and started my uh, career with Arthur Arthur Anderson down in Boston and while I was there I worked on some of the uh, very large uh, banks at the time up in the up in Maine um, and as I came back to Vermont I uh, and became a partner in a local accounting firm, one of our specialties was um, commercial uh, community banks and credit unions. So I, I audited a number of credit unions during that time, including, uh, including Vermont Federal Credit Union, which is where I met uh, Joe Finnegan. So when my uh, tax partner retired around 2005, Joe Finnegan gave me a call and asked me to come in for an interview to talk to them about becoming the uh, CFO for Vermont Federal Credit Union. And I became, I really liked the group and became CFO in 2006. And at that time, we were about 153 million and had six branches. And um, I was excited to become part of the team.
0: So you said at that time, uh, six branches. So uh, what about Today, I mean, some time has passed. So, can you paint a picture for everyone of Vermont Federal today?
1: Well, today uh, we still have six branches. Um, we managed to do a lot with that. Uh, with the with the September um, call report, we went over seven hundred million, and uh, we've managed to do that with uh, six branches and a little bit of digital effort. Um, I was, you know, starting from the from the beginning. Um, we started back in 1953 as the uh, Burlington Post Office Credit Union, and uh, name was changed to um, Government Employees Credit Union of Chittenden County, um, and we continued for quite a while that way. Um, in uh, 19, I think it was 1991, we became Vermont Federal Credit Union, and in 2001, uh, became a community uh, credit union. And when you think about today compared to then, it took um, us—I think in 2006 that we were 163 million. So we grew 63 million in I think six or seven years. And when I think about credit unions today, we just grew uh, over 100 million in less than six months. And it wasn't just us; it was uh, uh, all of the credit unions grew significantly in the last in the last six months. So the world has has really changed from where we began
0: sure has. I guess, you know, when I'm listening to you and about your background and whatnot, it makes me wonder, um, when you started working for a credit union, you know, and I, I know you had been exposed through the audit process and whatnot, but when you actually started working inside a credit union, is there anything that um, struck you as different than the banks you had become familiar with, anything in particular, or, or was it pretty much very similar for you?
1: I, I, it was their. Um, it was really a concentration for them. Always, it's always been a concentration for credit unions, or an emphasis is on their members. It, the membership um, was important, uh, as it is as it is today. Uh, decisions were made based upon what was best for the membership. I remember having those conversations. Uh, credit unions were much smaller back then. I think we audited credit unions between three and fifteen million, and still back then, um, every decision uh, was made uh, with the member in mind.
0: So you've come to um, embrace the the credit union philosophy of people helping people and such, right?
1: I have. I really <laughs> have. <laughs> Great.
0: Um, so we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know if we're in the middle. I hope we're not in the middle. I hope we're near the end of a pandemic, but it's been, I don't know, seven going on eight months or something like that since the time that uh, your credit union and all other financial institutions had to shut down their branches temporarily. And you've kind of adapted since then. What has been the biggest impact you think uh, during these past seven or eight months of this pandemic on Vermont federal credit union?
1: There's been a number of impacts. Um, of course, most of our staff are working from home, um, or working in the or working in the branches behind um, uh, plastic or uh, shields to keep them safe. Um, that's it's very strange now to walk into a branch and and see um, and see everyone uh, with masks and behind shields. And I think that the impact has been, so the impact has been both from a point of view of, um, you know, personal connection and um, the amount of transition members have made from uh, spending their time in branches or going to branches for their, uh, their business needs, accounting needs, um, uh, monetary needs, and um, transitioning to dig- digital And we had a very significant um, transition to digital. I believe uh, approximately 30% of our um, members during that time were uh, digital only. Uh, That was up significantly from where we had been before. And when we look at digital plus um, ATMs, 55% of our members did not come into the branches during that period. We saw a, a of course, a large reduction in uh, branch transactions. And some of that is continued through today.
0: so those are those are, were are big numbers. So do I understand that correctly that fifty percent of your members were ATM only when this pandemic started?
1: No, when not when so, the pandemic started, when okay, when so. as we came through the pandemic and we started asking people, not to, or to slow down the process of coming into the branches, we realized that that our members transitioned to um, both digital and ATM use, and that 55% of them were using just digital and ATM um, to um, to interact with the credit union, uh, which is is pretty amazing when you think about when this happened, this had happened 10 years ago, it would have been a very different story. And I'm not quite sure how we would have been able to serve the number of members that needed to walk through a branch.
0: So do you think those kinds of numbers are going to stick after whenever in the future we're done wearing masks and everybody's been vaccinated and all that kind of stuff? Or is it going to go back to the way it was, you think?
1: I think there'll be I think there'll be um, members that will go back. I, I, you know, um, branches are extremely important to our membership, but I think that a number of people have found out the convenience of remote deposit capture and being able to do all of their transactions online. Uh, I think this forced, um, as it forced a number of things. I think it 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 forced people to look at uh, doing things a different ways.
0: Is it fair to say then for Vermont Federal, in your opinion, that um, this pandemic um, has kind of forced financial institutions and the people that do business with them to maybe not force innovation, but for force the adoption of um, technologies or, or modern conveniences yeah. anyway that, that might not have been pursued or not as aggressively otherwise?
1: I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. It, it certainly presented from that side, it presented that opportunity for them to, to um, experiment uh, with other ways of, uh, of interacting. And so I think that's, it's, it, that's been um, beneficial for people going forward. Um, you don't have to come into the branches often, but we're still there uh, in case you need us. And I think it brings, I think the, the challenge becomes as, 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 Individuals move towards that fully digital side. The challenge becomes: how do we how do we maintain that human touch that we have in the branches? A member comes in, we know their name, um, we. Um, greet them as they come in the door we ask them how their day is how do you do that from um, from that other side that digital side and I think that's what we're all going to be um, looking at going forward and I think it's we, we just had a we just got out of a um, strategic meeting this morning with our leadership uh, group our leadership teams and um, Part of it is, how do we move forward in this brand new world that we're, we're kind of looking at, where the, where the rate of change is so fast?
0: There is a little irony there, isn't there, that um, the pandemic and the more extensive use of technology, whether it's just for doing work remotely or whether it's for the means that you access your funds at your financial institution or do business with your financial institution, it kind of has, in some ways... Uh, been an equalizer sort of in that, um, you know, your institution is in some ways more on par with much, much bigger institutions in terms of the technology and the acts, remote access and all that kind of stuff. You don't need the tons of branches, but on the other hand, um, the irony to me is what you just said that, you know, it becomes more challenging, um, to do that, that, um, Personal touch, kind of re- relationship,
1: right? Exactly. And we, yeah. I don't believe that gr- branches will ever go away. Uh, it seems that even if someone is is has a digital uh, relationship with the credit union, they still want to know that if they want to come somewhere, want to, a place, a physical place, to get help or talk to someone or ask questions, that that physical place is within re- uh, within their reach. Um, so I think the branches continue to be a really important part of, um, of 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 the way that we serve our members.
0: So, what do you think are some of the challenges going forward, not just for your credit union but financial services? Or I guess I'd say credit unions in in general. Um, there's this competitive landscape, the shape of which, and we just talked about, is going to maybe. a little bit different looking forward not better or worse just different um you know the financial uh, condition uh certainly is going to be has been or will be in the short term impacted of all financial institutions i i would imagine um you know what, what do you think short term over the next year or two as we hopefully see this pandemic fade away or go away, what do you think are going to be the biggest challenges at Vermont Federal Credit Union or, or for all credit unions? I,
1: I think the impact has been um, so much wider than what you look, what we anticipate when we just look at it, um, when we just look at it, when we, I mean, and the final conclusion hasn't been met as to what will happen when you look at travel and the use of uh, Zoom, what's going to happen in that travel industry? When you look at commercial real estate and the fact that for all, most of us, all of us, our staff are working from home, um, what is that impact going to have on our our, our real estate um, business members? Um, what's the impact going to be on how we shop. I mean, I think people, when you looked at the number, certainly in my area, when you looked at the number of boxes that were coming in from um, uh, from Amazon uh, during the last uh, three or four months, it was the safe way to shop or the types of shopping that people were doing where their shop, their, they would call in for their groceries and, the, and groceries would be delivered. So many changes um, coming at us and I don't think yet that we know uh, how this is all going to, um, how, how this is all going to end up um, sugar off. Um, you know, how do we conduct banking in this kind of, in this kind of world? I don't know. And what's going to happen um, in Vermont at the end of all of this? I, I, you know, we've talked a lot about it, but I don't think we have a real conclusion as to um, what the final results are going to be.
0: You know, when you mentioned about all the boxes from Amazon, you know, every time I get a delivery at my house, which is way more frequent than I like to admit, um, I always keep thinking, boy, it must be a good time to be in the cardboard manufacturing industry because there's my recycle bin is full of cardboard every week. Um, a lot more than it used to be anyway. Um, you know, you mentioned ab- about working remotely, uh, and I know you you have some of the time and, and been in the office some of the time too. And you, you mentioned you have a lot of employees working remotely. Um, what do you suppose, uh, have, have you seen any, uh, changes in the dynamics of your staff for first? How many staff members do you have about? And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering just from your perspective, you know, if you've seen a change in the dynamics between those people, uh, Uh, because it's more difficult to connect on a personal basis and it's not like you're bumping into somebody in the hallway and saying hi you know when you're on your way to the 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 water cooler kitchen or something
1: and i think we all miss that um being able to collaborate next door talk to someone see someone in the hallway it's so much easier to be able to see how people are doing um and just have a chance to say hi and and what's up when you're passing them um, as you're going up and down the stairs or uh, in the kitchen as you're you know, trying to grab a cup of coffee. So I really mi- miss those interactions. It's, um, we have 140 employees. Uh, I would say probably 30 of them or so are out in the branches. And we have another approximately um, 110, 100 um, individuals that are, um, working, um, working from home. Um, and as you well know, it's, 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 it's pretty challenging, um, for young, uh, for young individuals who have children at home, both fathers and mothers who are trying to work from home and juggle, um, both sides of this. Um, so what I find is that is, is that's really lacking is that, communication and how do we we had a pretty close net you know a pretty close tight group um and our I I mean our culture was built around friendships and um what we did together and what we accomplished together and being able to hold on to that um while everyone is working independently in home um has been a challenge and I believe I imagine that all of um um, our credit union friends are working on this is is how do you you continue to keep the culture alive when um, everyone is working um, from you know zoom and, and from their computer at home I mean it's been a very successful uh, experiment for us. Our staff have done an amazing job of um continuing to serve members from wherever they happen to be. So I think it's a the biggest challenge for us in all in um this part of the pandemic is the fact that we're not together. And we've been um we've kind of been, you know, talking about this a lot. What do we do? What kind of activities can we do? Um how do we how do we promote activities that we can do and make us understand that we're still um, part of the same group, part of the same culture. How do we make sure that everyone um, knows where everybody else is? Um, you know, from an activity point of view, from a even from the uh, triumphs from, and the and the challenges that the credit union is having. So that's been a that's 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 certainly a challenge, and one that we we're actively looking at right now.
0: So it was probably difficult enough or challenge enough already um, trying to constantly um, instill, um, you know, a team feeling and um, and everybody supporting each other and everything in the normal course of business uh, when people are all working in, well, multiple locations, but, you know, all, all in person connecting with somebody. But going virtually has probably made that even more of a of a challenge. And and I'm guessing that um there may be some funky dynamics going on with regard to people that actually are in the office, the thirty or thirty some odd that you mentioned that are there every day or most days, and the hundred and ten who are not there. Um so it it's just a very strange time, I imagine.
1: It is, and uh, it's tough when you have to come to work every day because your job requires it, and um, you envision other people working from home. Um, some personalities working from home works for very, very well, and other people can't wait to get back in. We uh, really encouraged um, collaboration that uh, people were mem- you know, members of teams, people were part of of, um, groups that, that, um, help to solve, uh, challenges and problems. And it's been harder for that to continue, um, as we have all kind of separated and gone in different ways. Um, so there are a lot of different, um, aspects of this that have, have, have been, um, challenging for both the people that are working outside and the people that are are. Um, are, are here in the building. Um, and, and for the, for the branches, because I think to some extent they feel the, that I wouldn't call it unfair, but I think there's some feeling of it being unfair that they, they still come in every day and someone else, um, you know, walks to their computer, uh, in their home and, um, and we're still, talking about that. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm sure that's a, a factor that comes into play and contributes to to that whole, um, uh, what have been people have been calling it, like, you know, COVID or pandemic weariness or, or whatnot, as, you know, people who have kids at school, you know, or have uncertainties about that. And we're in the fall, so, you know, activities are moving indoors or have moved indoors already. So, yeah, it just... Th- adds to that whole mix of weariness of all of this, so you know usually when I have these discussions with you and your peers in these kinds of podcasts I'm asking you know how you view the the longer term future for credit unions in general and whatnot um, I, I feel kind of almost silly asking that today because <laughs> we can't see much beyond we can't even see the end of this pandemic much less beyond that and what things are going to look like um, but in normal times, pandemic aside, um, what do you what do you think about the future of you know financial services and credit unions in in general? Um, you know, where, where is it going to go?
1: To me, credit unions are always going to be extremely important, uh, and maybe increasing importance as pressures from you know climate change and other things continue to happen. Credit unions are, as we've said before, people helping people. And I think that that personal touch is going to be, continue to be uh very important. I think during the pandemic um one of the things that I would said to um said to people is that um this is what credit unions are made for, and um are times of of of, of trouble um and I think that it going forward there are going to continue to be times of trouble i think this, this as I said the climate change is going to have a huge impact on where we work, how we work um, going forward. But I think there will always be credit unions. They may be larger, um, certainly with the technology uh, going forward, having to compete with fintechs, you know, large banks, um, Amazon, uh, uh, Apple, and some of those that in order to afford that technology, it's going to force credit unions to um, to be larger possibly merge to to get the same benefit. Um, I think the landscape skip, landscape for lending continues to be more competitive and certainly is going to change over time as we start getting things like self-driving cars. I don't think we can even you know it used to be you could look 10 years ahead and you'd say I think this or I think that and now you look even 10 years ahead and you say wow Um, self-driving cars, what's that going to be? What's the technology serving members going to look like 10 years from now? Um, Fintechs, you know, often has the best technology in a very, very narrow sense of the word. They do something, uh, one thing really, really well. And um, what are those um, multitudes of one things going to be um, 10 years from now? Um, There's certainly been Everything I I I, I read is, it says that we're going to be um, heading towards a lot more towards wearables, which is not even really a thing right now. Although I I have to say that I extremely I miss my um, my Apple Watch if it's not if it's not on my arm. But um, um, wearables will be do ba- doing our banking through wearables going forward. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, paying bills. I mean paying. Um, paying for things. Um, so I think I, I, I can't wait. I think the future is going to be fun.
0: So before we wrap up here, um, just a couple quick, um, quirky little questions for you. Okay. Um, they have nothing to do with anything that we've talked <laughs> oh. about so far, but I think, you know, what's coming. <laughs> All right. So first one's multiple choice. All right. Um, and you get to pick white or dark chocolate.
1: Well, I can't do that without commentary. I know that dark chocolate's are really good for you, but I really like milk chocolate. Milk Milk chocolate. chocolate. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, cool. That's awesome. And then I got to ask you, and no judgment here, but your favorite kind of music.
1: I don't have a favorite. Um, I've always liked rock. But right now I'm listening a lot to um, David Garrett, who's a um, violin player, who's absolutely amazing and can play rock on his violin. Um, <laughs> something like the Vitamin String Quartet.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Lindsay Sterling, who does the also does a, a, a fantastic uh, violin. Piano guys who are great with, with piano. So I've just been uh, heading more towards the, um, I don't know what you call it. I think you'd be better than that, but less vocal and more uh, musical side of music.
0: Well awesome. We'll have to share some playlists because I think we have some uh, some likes in common in that area. I would um, like that. and and then the last one I'm gonna ask you, and this one's open-ended, so it can be anybody, but if you could have dinner with any any historical figure, who do you think it would be?
1: You know, um it's kind of uh, kind of a funny answer maybe, but I'd really like to um have dinner with the last Roosevelt, who was president, who was in the middle of World War II. And I think of it as in the pandemic where we uh, have made, you know, all these decisions and things have changed quickly. Um, And I think of all the decisions he had to make. And I'd really like to sit down and talk to him um, about what that was, what that experience was like for him.
0: Nice job, Gene, bringing bringing the conversation from my senseless questions back around to (laughs) what we talked about during most of this interview. Um, Hey, thank you very much for your time. It's been uh, great sharing this time with you, and uh, I hope everybody uh, appreciated and learned something about you and your values in Vermont Federal Credit Union. Uh, And welcome again to the board of the Association of Credit Unions. We really look forward to your involvement there.
1: Thank you very much, Joe, and I look forward to being on the board.
0: And with that, everyone, we've reached the end of another Vermont Credit Unions On Air podcast and hope you have found it informative. This podcast, along with ones we've previously recorded, are archived at soundcloud.com VT Credit Unions. If you have ideas for a podcast on something you'd like to hear about, send it to podcast at vermontcreditunions with an s dot co-op. Until our next podcast, this is Joe Bergeron and Jean Gaiert at the Association of Vermont Credit Unions, thanking you for listening.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Joe, very, very much.